You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is up, Goat Flippers? It is your host, Lurk. Thanks for checking out this episode of Lamb Goats Van Flip Podcast, the best metal and hardcore podcast there is on the interweb. If this is your first time checking out the show and you enjoy the content, definitely think about subscribing or following the show and give us a rating or review if you have the option to on the platform that you are listening to us on. All those things greatly help out the show's uh, reach for the podcast algorithm stuff and all that good stuff. And on this episode of the show, we have two YouTubers that make up the band Termina. You may know these YouTubers if you're a metalcore kid and you follow guitar stuff or vocal stuff. You may know uh, Nick Nocturnal from his YouTube channel and Andy Sizek from his YouTube channel. And he also plays in a couple other bands and he uh, did some other things on the internet as well. However, both those guys make up Termina and they are YouTubers. And this is the second time we've had some YouTubers on the show. Uh, you may remember we had Adam22 from the No Jumper podcast on. So it's pretty cool that we're kind of branching out a little bit. Visit lambgoat.com for everything metal and hardcore related. Make sure you're following Lambgoat on social media. Give us a like on Facebook. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Lambgoat. Head over to Lambgoat's YouTube page and you can see all of these episodes in video format as well as other Lambgoat content. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we upload new episodes or content. If you're listening to this episode of the podcast on Spotify, take a second and search Lambgoat on Spotify and you can also find all of our music playlists. And you can find me, Lurk, the host of the show on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. That's L-U-R-K-C-I-T-Y. Hit those show notes and you can find all of these links in the description already. Let's roll. Oh yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh yeah, this is stuff. Oh no. Oh no, no, no. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Welcome to the Thunderdome, guys. <laughs> All right. What is up, goat flippers, van lammers, whatever you want to call yourselves? I have no <laughs> idea what I'm trying to make. Goaters. Lamb goaters, van flippers, van goaters, lamb flippers, whatever. But anyway, here we are, back once again with the incredible me, Lurk. No, I'm just joking. But I am joined today with two dudes that are a little different than our normal situation. However, not as normal. Not as un normal see this the beginning is always fun That's <laughs> so here we are i'm joined with nick and andy nick is Ow. a youtuber andy is also kind of a youtuber but also in a couple other bands but you both are in a band bringing you on here today and that is termina indeed yes nice so i guess what will you know funnel down the rabbit hole of uh how did you guys even connect because was it via the internet? Because, I mean, you guys, I know Nick have been doing YouTube. That's where kind of we connected about a, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago or whatever. And then, Andy, you, you just said you're like a horrible YouTuber. But you're in, <laughs> you're in a couple other bands. So, you know, you're, yeah. I don't know how long you've been YouTubing. But you guys have over 100,000 each. I know Nick is a little more than that. But Andy's uh, about 100,000 or so. Yeah. 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 That's no small feat. I know you got the plaques. Thanks, so man. that's cool. But uh, yeah, how'd you guys like link up and, and how'd that start? Go ahead, um, Nick. You can take that one. I'll take this one. All right. So yeah, we're, we both linked up from the YouTube side because we were both doing covers. Um, I saw his covers like here and there, of you know, modern kind of metal or tracks and whatnot. And I'd be like, oh, 
who's this dude? And then he would like do the clean parts and ace it. And I'll be like, okay. And then he'd do the screaming. And I'd be like, how does that noise come out of that boy? You know, <laughs> like, and he would do like the mirror covers. And I'd be like, what the, f-? like, it would shock me. Cause I would just hear him cover like dance, Gavin dance. Mm-hmm. And then he's covering a mirror after I'm like, Jesus. Okay. Um, <laughs> and essentially just one day, um, I don't know if you remember that track from, um, from first to last came out, make war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it was that one. Um, and I did a cover and so did Andy. And I was, I was looking at you. So I was like, who is this other dude that did this so fast? You know, cause that was trying to be my thing at that time. I was like, you know, I'm going to try to be that fast dude that always gets it out and pump Andy out content, did, pump out content, pump, pump out, out content. content. Yeah. All the new bands. And Andy did so fast. Like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, I, I, like I saw his cover kind of here and there and that's really it. And then I, I added him on Facebook to kind of like keep an eye on him and keep him close. And then he messaged me. He was like, dude, I, I like your content. And I was like, Oh, and that kind of took me for a stumble because I didn't expect him to be so nice. Yeah, yeah, because he spite added me. That's what happened. That's why he well, added me. And then I messaged him being like, dude, your shit is so cool. And he was like, oh, that's <laughs> cool. This is going to be like a war. Yeah. So, you know, but you never know what you're going to get yourself into on the Internet, unfortunately, you know, so. In this case, it was fortunate. Yeah. And did you know that, that was- he was kind of spite? Adding no. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I didn't know this shit till like like six months to a year later. Like he finally told me. Yeah, I was like, Andy, I'm such a dick, by the way. But if you didn't know that, <laughs> yeah. Well, we were just friends, like right, right off the bat, and um, I told him I admired his videos, and uh, we started collaborating from there. Yeah, yeah. we did. Uh, Lincoln Park Heavy was the first cover, and that was went surprisingly well. And then the big one we did, which um kind of made us both i think realize like oh this is something special was uh post malone's rockstar metal cover that yeah. was something special yeah kids us. really seem to like that one dude yeah well i think anything so- with posty is gonna you know hit with the younger generation <laughs> and some of the older yeah. generation too because he is so versatile and he actually is dude. an artist not like a lot it was of the right time for sure right yeah. right place and time yeah, that's true. We got pretty lucky with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, ever since then, it was kind of history. Just we started writing stuff and that became Termina eventually. And you guys have an album coming out shortly here, right? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, coming out, it's coming out like uh, five days in the past, I think. Yeah. Like yes. Nice. Okay, well, by this time, it's been a month and five days in the past. So <laughs> yes. I'm way, yeah. way off now. Yeah, but, it, yeah, it just dropped. It just dropped pretty recently. Full yeah. album, EP. Because I know you guys have done some some singles and some single tracks over the you know last year or so. So, yeah, it's a yeah. full full album, eleven tracks, oh, baby. No no interludes, none of that. It's it's not super long. It's only I think forty forty one minutes, I think overall. Mm-hmm. Sounds decent. Like but it's it's a full album, and yeah, that, that was after us doing all the singles, just kind of dropping them, having fun, seeing what people like, seeing how we can get better, and we had to learn a fuck ton while doing this like about each other but also just about the process of like what this really takes to do it kind of it's all diy you know we, yeah. we uh, sent files back and forth for like two or three years yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's crazy yeah i was gonna say like how did you like how do you guys go about you know creating anything because you guys obviously don't live in the same place it's only mm-hmm. two of you granted mm-hmm. nick andy we both know you play guitar but do you like do you program anything else do you have anyone else that you kind of send those tracks off to to get ideas from or you know little riffs or or is it just everything you do drum programming it's, and everything it's us yeah so instrumentally it's i do uh, guitars i track fully because i'm actually a guitarist um and then drums and bass that's full program stuff um and from there i basically send andy the instrumental and he either is like yeah this is lit or nick this is garbage and either or is good you know and then he tracks vocals does his thing never garbage oh thank you Um, (laughs) and yeah then andy does his side which i guess go ahead man yeah yeah uh i mean nick has riffs on riffs man and he's got great sensibilities for songwriting and programming drums um he's a bit of a drummer too uh so yeah, I mean, he'll send me instrumentals. I'll give him my notes. Uh, we'll refine it. And then I'll come up with vocals. I'll smash out some tracks, uh, send it over to him, or refine it some more. Um, and then same thing with mixing. I, I, you know, I'll give him my mixed notes, and then he'll send it back to me. Um, I mix in my vocals into that session, and then I master 
uh, from there. Yeah. And we just keep going back and forth until, you know, we're as satisfied as, as possible. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was going to say, when do you know that it's done? <laughs> that's know? the thing, man. Oh. Sometimes you just have to, like, let go because there's always, I mean, when you spend a long time meticulously editing a project, there's always going to be something. Mm-hmm. So at, at a certain point, you just have to be like, that's good enough. That's it. And, yeah, that, uh, that was something did, right yeah. at the end, too, where I was, we were like, okay, like, we need to get, just get it out. Because it's like, if not, we're going to spend another year, literally. Yeah. Being I, I definitely took my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. So, I mean, like, it, it, the album took a couple of years to write going back and forth between you two. So, mm-hmm. um, Nick, do you do anything outside of music other than the YouTube situation? Or, I mean, I know you've done, like, collabs with other people in, in this mm-hmm. project, but uh, do you play, like, locally with people in your area at all? Or have you? Not, not, not at all. Um, I am very out of tune with my you know toronto area scene um i i have no idea what's going on here what the bands are i know like a few because they're just actually because they're youtubers usually is the only reason i know about that <laughs> um but I'm, I'm very out of touch with that and no it's i mean the thing with andy is my main his main thing terminal other than that of course it's like my nick nocturnal solo stuff i always kind of have been writing with um i also am a, i'm in either breather that was more recent mm-hmm. which was like a fun join out of nowhere and um, I'm also doing little fun projects just with YouTubers and other solo stuff. But no, Termin is definitely like the the big, big thing that I spend most of my time with musically, at least. That's awesome. And uh, shoot, I literally, there's a toss up of what shirt to wear on this podcast because, you know, got to look uh, cool on the <laughs> on the YouTube. Um, the other one was uh, Brad, not Brad. <laughs> Kyle from uh, Brand of Sacrifice sent me a long sleeve, and uh, that's a Toronto band. That's a band I'm sure you may or may not you, know about, but they're oh, of pretty course. dope. Brand's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. They're home. Love so Kyle. I love those. Love dudes. Brandon. Yeah, I still have to write him a thank you for that fucking shirt. I wanted like I want to have a photo and I'm thinking, oh, thank mm-hmm. you. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, he was he was cool to have on the podcast too. Um, although I'm partial to to Canadians because I'm also half Canadian. So. <laughs> <laughs> You know. Dude, all the YouTubers, man, it's crazy. Like, Bastards. We're, <laughs> we're all Canadian. I don't know why. I'm sorry. I, it's We have nothing else to do up here, I guess. That's basically a it. A lot of like, snow and a lot of cold. But hey, you know what? Yeah. It's like perfect weather for like half the year. For Yeah, for half the year, you can be happy. And the other half, you can be not. It's, it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. You're in snow. And you know, I find a lot of bands that, and it could just be because when I find out they're Canadian, I'm attracted to them more often. But like a lot of, a lot of bands that I follow and a lot of bands that I followed for a long time are Canadian too. Like, you know, Misery Signals and Alexis on Fire. And then of course the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But yeah, it's big. It's big for me. It's weird. Heroes Canadian, right? I think so. Yes, they are Canadian boys. Oh, dude, trust. I have not went to a show and met somebody who's who likes music that has said they hate protest the hero it's impossible them oh i love lexus is a big one too yeah um those two are probably like like just toronto especially like we they love and silverstein actually as well counterpoints is kind of close-ish yes yeah definitely Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's just if you're Torontonian or you're Canadian, you don't like those bands, it's over. Like you're just not a part of you go go to America, get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in Florida, so I heard about. Oh, I say, used to be a Floridian. Oh yeah, whereabouts? I lived in Tampa for a few years. Same here. What time? Frank? Uh, it was uh, last year and a couple years previous. I was from Macari. Macari's all from Florida. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That might be why they were somewhat familiar. The name was so yeah. familiar, but I, I'm back in Maryland now. So cool deal, death metal, big death metal thing, big death metal area up there. Well, so is Tampa. Periphery, uh, periphery's from around here, I think. Full um, of hell, probably? prog metal usually, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Full of hell's there. Uh, Jarhead Full Fertilizers there. We had David on the podcast. They're from there. I don't know. They have like the Death Fest, so I just assume they also. Really You're right. Death metal. Death Fest, yeah. <clears throat> Tampa's also a death metal capital too. But I lived there for a hot second, uh, early 2010s for like five years. So just to get a hardcore scene too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was the, speaking of scenes and stuff like that? How is it for you guys separately currently? I know 
Nick, it's non-existent basically for you up there, but what's it like in Maryland? And I hate talking about COVID stuff. So if you're listening to this, I apologize, but you know, it's documenting the times. What do you want to say? Um, what's it like as in, in what context? Like, do you guys, is it, do you guys have shows? Is it like oh, starting no. to have shows? Anything no like way. that? Okay. Um, okay. Not that I know of, man. Uh, I mean, at the very most, there might be some like bar band performances gotcha. somewhere. I'm not going to them. Uh, but there's no, no, there's no tours happening or uh, the scene's not back. Nope. Dude, yeah. No, we have a stay at home order here. Yeah, no, that's so, why I said you were not. It's, I didn't ask it's you the fucked question. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's crazy. It is super crazy. And the only reason I say it's super crazy is because obviously I've talked to, and I've said this on the podcast before, so I apologize. But I've, I've talked to bands throughout the pandemic and before mm-hmm. the pandemic, and I probably will do after the pandemic. But the thing that I find out that find most fascinating is how different it is for every person that I talk to. Cause mm-hmm. I also live in Florida and obviously if you've seen any of the memes for the last, whatever, how many years, <laughs> Florida, yeah, Florida is kind of wild. And so, um, you know, we've been, I try to tell people I've been wide. We've been wide open forever. It feels mm-hmm. like we were always wide open other than like the first month of this whole situation. Mm-hmm. So now, yeah, we have like shows. I'm going to go see newfound glory Thursday. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. So we've had shows and we have, yeah, we've got, I mean, that's the difference. I had that's no idea. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't know. Yeah. And it's so, so weird because I, I, you know, everyone, especially in the entertainment industry, and this is where I started like recently going like, man, I just don't understand. Cause obviously everyone in the music industry and entertainment industry is like pushing for people to, do whatever a b c or d you know what i mean because they want to get back to their livelihood they want to get back to quote unquote normal but also man like some of those things when you're trying to get people like some people don't want to do certain things and so Mm. it may come across ill-willed or wrong you know what i mean so it's been really fascinating talking to people and finding out what it's like in their area and how they're how it is because again We've been like wide open, so <laughs> it's just I can't even like visualize shows, man. Like we are we're on the stay at home yeah. order, and it's it's so crazy that like you could go to Costco and they actually have everything that's not food sectioned off with security guard. Like it's there, but you literally can't touch it, like or you'll get kicked out of the store. Wow. Like that's how fucked we, up it is. We don't even have a mask mandate anymore. You know, I was in Florida like a couple weeks ago, and I mean, people were. I, I saw masks, you know what I mean? It, yeah, yeah. it still felt like a pandemic, you know? I, Where were but, you uh, at? Just out of curiosity. I was in Orlando. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little different. That's not... Uh, that being said, you know, like, <laughs> I know that uh, Disney World is open and stuff. And Actually? Um, oh, yeah. All yeah the I mean, everyone's wearing masks, but yeah, yeah, all the theme parks are open. What the fuck, uh, dude? See, that's what I'm saying. It's so crazy. It's get, It gets crazier as time goes on, and the more yeah, people I want to go, but yeah. <laughs> That's fucked, dude. Yeah. I can't even imagine that right now in Toronto. That's fucked. It's going to be a while before, mm. you know, everywhere else does stuff like that. <laughs> it's cra- Yeah, it's crazy. And again, I don't want to harp too long onto this because obviously mm. there's so many different views that people have about what's going on. And, mm. you know, it's a touchy subject, obviously. Plus, we've touched on it a bunch on this podcast. Right. So moving on. <laughs> So how did you guys get into like heavy music in general? And you know, you don't have to answer at the same time, but you know, one or one or the other. But like oh, what kind of got you down that that road as far as like, you know, was it family, friends? Did you find it on your own? Uh MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh high school, MySpace, uh just scrolling through Metalcore, MySpace, uh the Devil Wars Prada and Atreyu, uh, uh, under a stuff like that. Um, just being in, in high school journalism class, uh, fucking <laughs> looking up bands, basically, uh, getting into it. I had a, a couple friends, not a lot in high school that, that also liked metal. Mm-hmm. Most of my friends were just like 
you know, into like Breaking Benjamin and which I thought was cool. But um, I I don't know. Once I heard like the screaming, there was just something about it that that I had to keep going back to. Um, at first, I was like, "What is this shit?" And then I was like, "What is this shit?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, it just snow- snowballed from there. I dove deeper and deeper. It was like, yeah, Breaking Benjamin, Avenged Sevenfold, Atreyu, and then I I just that opened the door. You can tell. Got like, into that you can door, you can yeah. tell the progression because that kind of is how most people do obviously like mm-hmm. i was just floating around in life listening to whatever my parents were listening to and then middle mm-hmm. school high school i started listening to like the alternative radio which was like 311 self-titled album and some mm-hmm. other you yeah. know that kind of alternative and then yeah next thing you know um yeah myspace came around and then like you i was like what is this fucking yelling shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think i heard the devil was prada uh texas is south on somebody's myspace page and it was just like yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, "Oh, but sick." <laughs> yeah, it was never. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Like, I, I did the not the Breaking Benjamin thing, but I did like you know whatever band was fucking cool on the butt rock mm-hmm. time to Slipknot and Slipknot into like. For me, it went from like Slipknot to Hatebreed, and then there was a local mm-hmm. band here locally, Evergreen Terrace, that was also doing some things when I was younger. And so, yeah, Slipknot, Hatebreed, Glassjaw, and I guess Evergreen Terrace kind of just like whoosh, mm. kind of thrusted me in there. And then uh, once, yeah, once you get used, to, once you get used to the screaming and the weird heaviness and everything, it's like, oh man, everything else just falls to the wayside. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird even trying to think in the non the person that doesn't like metal or doesn't listen to metal's perspective once you've listened to it for so long. Cause I, I had that same experience. I listened to, I, my cousin would put on like under oath or Alexis on fire. And I'd be like, what the fuck is that? Like, what is that Satan noise? What is wrong? Why is he in pain? And I was like nine years old. Yeah. <laughs> Satan noise. Yeah. And it would fuck me up. And you just keep listening to it and you're like, this is normal now, you know, and it's, it's such a weird transition. And then you go to show like your non metalhead friends metal. And then there's, they still have that same reaction. Like what the fuck? And then it's like this foreign concept. now. Yeah. Like, what happened? Yeah. You know, what's funny is that like at growing up, I would be like, what the hell is this? This is weird. How is this music? How are people like so into it making a living? And then like, I started like listening to me. Like, oh, I get it now. This is sick. This is everything. This is the truth. And now I'm getting older. I'm going back to like, what is this? Like, <laughs> like people making money off of like these mouth noises. Like, what am I doing? Like, my ju- this is so weird. Like, you know, I'm, it's it's kind of like I'm starting to look at it like, in a cynical way. And, well, like a, uh, from a different from a different viewpoint as an older individual who, because I mean, like even when I was in high school, <clears throat> which was you know not that long ago, but even when I was in high school, it seems very far off that any band that re- was remotely in the scene, quote unquote, could ever like yeah. sustain a living and not saying that all the bands do because there's, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of bands do not a lot of bands. Yeah. Uh, no, that's the, that's a passion <laughs> project and they work full time elsewhere mm-hmm. and they can only get off for tours certain times and whatnot, but thankless. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think fear factory is going through that right now. Actually um, they're having a, you know, issue with keeping the band afloat or the name afloat yeah. and all that other shit. Sucks. But uh <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting how that works out. But um you know, it's those kind of people that enjoy it to listen to it and they kind of understand mm-hmm. that that's the the plight of that artist and it mm-hmm. also takes a certain kind of individual to sacrifice, you know, x amount to focus on that style of music. Like, you know, like there's yeah. there's so many small niches of genres here or there that very few people will like, you know. So mm-hmm. it takes a lot of mm-hmm. dedication. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. You have to like ignore logic a lot. <laughs> you, love that. you just do. I don't know. You just eat it until something starts to look good. And... But I think what I was what I was trying to get at is like even back then, it seemed so far off. But even now, I mean, like now kids are playing video games on Twitch and they're making millions yeah. of dollars. People are playing their, you know, you guys are on YouTube and there's millions of people on YouTube. And they're, you know, they're creating internet, uh, not internet, uh, passive income streams and all that other yeah. shit. And so 
it's cool that all these things are happening to where like maybe even in the future there will be able to have like more bands concentrate on things that are more within the avenue of music rather than like okay well I've got to support myself and mm-hmm. my and possibly my family or whatever and now I can just focus more on this music thing because we have all these other street you know avenues to get yeah. money and I think the pandemic really helped with that because I I think beforehand like a fan club or sign up for our Patreon or or all this other shit seemed like very gimmicky and bands mm. were not really wanting to do that you know but yeah, then, now we have no choice. Yeah, now that is that now it's normal, and so now I think that those uh-huh. ba- now bands are seeing like, oh wow, there is, there is a market for that, and a lot and a lot of people do enjoy, you know, watching fucking from their home. Yeah, yeah, it's a way to adapt, I suppose, and um, you know, I think I think that the way things are going is like, uh, getting on a hopping on a record label and making an album isn't as feasible now. But having a side hustle and making an album, uh, that is like more logical nowadays because then you're not one buried in copious amounts of debt that you aren't recouping, and two, you know, once you do recoup, it's not like you're giving eighty percent to somebody else. You're, you know, that's that's something you've earned. You, owning the rights to your to your music is really invaluable, yes. in my opinion. Yeah. So having a side hustle fund your shit instead of a label. Uh, it makes a big difference. And um, being able to do YouTube and Twitch, all that stuff, Patreon, uh, yeah. that's like the new way to me. Dude, yeah. The virus, like I, that's the thing. It's like it made, I always kind of like say the real musicians finally had to come to like the tubers <laughs> zone in yeah. a way because, you know, there, I feel like there was always that disconnect between like, oh, you're in a band, you know, like an actual musician, you're touring, like you're doing the hard hustle, that grind, right? And then someone says like, I'm a YouTuber. And it's mm-hmm. like, instantly like there wasn't a lot of overlap you're right yeah it's still pretty separate i think you know a lot of like musicians and touring artists aren't online personalities like that but more are yeah especially because now like they're all on a lot of them are on twitch and seeing them on twitch Twitch, you can tell instantly the ones that are like kind of have that type of entertainment factor not just like playing a show right but that type where they like entertain we had no choice yeah, you, y'all had no choice. So y'all just came here and it was like, well, the ones that can do it can do it and the ones that can't just got to wait for the pandemic. It's not for everyone and that's fine yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. But uh, that definitely has intertwined kind of those those worlds and make definitely has made a lot of musicians, I think, think about that multiple income stream because as a, as a YouTuber, like things like Patreon, like that's old. You know, that's something yeah. like, like you just, you started that five years ago. And I love seeing bands now being like, guys, this new thing we are starting a Patreon with our band. And I'm like, yeah, like that's <laughs> been around for a while. Well, in, in their defense, I yeah. believe YouTubers know more about Patreon because it was invented by a YouTuber. Fair enough. Yeah. So obviously, you know, it's weird because like <clears throat> I go on YouTube for a magnitude of things. Like there's yeah. so many things that I go to YouTube for, whether it's watch your, you know, your guys's content watch other content that I'm subscribed to or how to fix my drain or, you know, something Mm -hmm. on my dumb car or whatever. So I'm always on YouTube watching some kind of content. What do you think it is the disconnect between like artists that are already kind of somewhat established or in bands that, you know, maybe poo pooed on the whole YouTube thing. Why do you think there is such a disconnect between those people or like in like for you, Nick, your following on YouTube is what? 400, 500,000 subscribers or something like wild number like that. Yeah, yeah. There. that's a lot you know you can go to a lot of bands facebook pages instagram pages or whatever and they don't have you know nearly any of that so mm-hmm. what do you think the disconnect is and why why is why was it looked so down upon i think it was because some but like in the perspective of uh, band members like we're grinding we're touring we're making real fucking music which totally true right and, but why is this kid who's in his room that just did a stupid fucking meme just just go viral and, you know, get all that attention that we are right now trying to do, actually grinding this out, um, which is totally understandable because I used to have that mindset too, you know, except in like, I'd, I'd be like, I have to do only guitar, like legit type content and then seeing these meme people do it, I'd be like, what the fuck, you know, like I'm here trying to actually do like things that take time and you have to actually have you have to know your craft and stuff. And these dudes are just opening up a camera, making a funny face, you know, and exploding. 
So I think it was a lot of that mindset, um, which again, like I said, is totally understandable with that time. And it's like, yeah, well, what the fuck? They're doing like one-tenth of the work and getting way more rewards for it, mm-hmm. right? So I think that was kind of that big disconnect before. And as people just kind of got used to it and got used to the way of like just modern entertainment, right? Like that's it. You'll see like people will go viral in one second and have an entire career and be millionaires just from like three seconds of something stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's just become more, people become more accustomed to it. So it's not as much this like, you know, like what, you know, this, they're so fucking lucky, you know, any of that. It's like, oh no, they just, they just basically played the modern game of, you know, the internet kind of. Yeah. It's just like this whole side of the town that no one knows about existed mm-hmm. and it's super popular, yes, but only for exactly. that little niche part of town. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, exactly. but it is cool to see um, bands, people in bands create content. And like you said, when I first started like creating content for myself mm-hmm. and my whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm never fucking posting memes. That shit is so <laughs> lame. That's so not authentic. That's so fake. You can get so many likes from memes and that's so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to get like real, yeah. real statistics and real analytics. But I'll tell you what, if I post a meme on a lamb goat, that shit hits sometimes. <laughs> you know, that shit hits Lamb sometimes. Lamb so. is, is a different place, though, than most parts of the internet, isn't it? <laughs> what are you saying, Ian? <laughs> I've been there, man. I've uh, I've lurked for, for many a year, um, long before anonymous posting was outlawed. That's a more recent thing, but, I mean, yeah. it's they're, they're, we're going to actually come... It's coming back, in a way. Uh, Reviled forum returns. Yeah. Well, the forum is still there. I know. I know. Yeah. The forum's there. What's your favorite lamb goat memory, Andy? Uh, sheetrock was pretty funny. <laughs> you remember people talking about sheetrock for a while? There was like a copy pasta about a, I don't, I don't even know, some guy just like, I haul sheetrock all day long and just became like a comment. Um, I really liked the blank is stoked. Uh, Frankie Palmieri is shocked. Yeah. That was a pretty funny one for a while. <laughs> well, that plays uh, off of his getting actually I know, electrocuted, I know, unfortunately. Um, Lambesis Goat, that whole saga was good. Oh, was really funny. Um, well, did, but, did you all these ring a bell? Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then, I mean, when we were talking about, when we were talking about ty- uh, names for the podcast, I was like, Al, there's only one name that it can be. And I was like, it's got to be Van Flip. And he's like, uh, and I was like, dude, that is like synonymous with the culture. Yeah, that Liam I think it's great. Yeah, you're embracing the, the, the negatives. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know. I, I I always got a kick out of it. The first time I was ever mentioned on Lamb Goat, I was stoked. And it wasn't good. No, it wasn't. It like wasn't. <laughs> but I was like, yes, finally. Um, I've always been a fan. I, I I didn't really post, but I've always lurked and enjoyed the con- the content, the comments. Yeah, it takes um, some thick skin to get involved, oh it, 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 especially on the uh, message board. That's a whole different. That's a much smaller group of people, obviously. But yeah, mm, they are dedicated guys. Yeah, man, dedicated. I mean, They've been there for years. <laughs> I know, I know. It's crazy. Um, so. Now that we're back on the YouTube page kind of a little bit, how did you guys, like Nick, how did you start doing YouTube? Obviously you were, we kind of touched on it. You were only trying to do like legit content, no BS, but mm-hmm. you know, at one point you, you made it, I'm sure you made like a silly video and you're like, of course it's my favorite. I mean, my most popular video now. Yeah, that's literally, yeah, basically. And I mean, even legit <laughs> content and that's, that's the whole weird thing about kind of thinking about. I don't know, the whole idea of like talent equals, you know, getting big or equals like you, you earn it, you know, like more than somebody else that is doing it in a less talented way, in a more entertainment way. But even that, like I was doing covers, right? Which is just fucking cover. I'm reusing somebody else's content in a way, right? It wasn't even like original, original, just writing from scratch. I mix some of that in, but even that, right? I would just do that basically forever. Realize that I did it somehow fast. You know, people thought it was fast. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna keep doing covers fast and i kind of had that got known a bit in that for like the youtuber metal scene of the fast cover guy oh a new song comes out when's nick gonna cover it i did that for a while and then i was like you know what 
Um, I'm sick of always relying on bands to release things for me to get content. So I'm just going to try to make my own thing and be a dumbass. And of course, that video did better than anything else I did. And exactly how you described, I was like, all right, maybe this isn't so bad. And now I'm just a terrible meme on the internet. That Was that the Slavic metal one? <laughs> that was, oh, that was far into it, Andy. That, oh, okay. That took... That took a while of ruining myself to get. I mean, that, that one, one did insanely well. That Still, one my biggest amazing. video, and my content has nothing to do with Russia or Slavic Insane, metal or memes you fucking, in any way. Great <laughs> yeah. video. I think it's but, just because um, you, you kind of have that, you know, uh, what is it, Eastern European look. That because I'm, I'm, well, yeah, my background yeah. is Slavic. Like there my you parents go. Are, like I'm Canadian as fuck because I was born here. But like, yeah. you know, you go to the family gatherings and stuff. Like you, you know, right? Yeah, it's, right. it's like, yeah, you get all the fun little stereotypes, and it's, it's awesome, right? <laughs> um, so that's why it's like I understand exactly all those little memes and all those fun stereotypes. So I just threw it into a fucking video and was like, well, no one's, you know, done this kind of in this exact way. Why not, you know, further embarrass myself? Genius. I've already done it. <laughs> It's always the self self deprecation that gets the best results. Yeah, I've, you know it's it's true. I I just started doing that and just not caring, and it it was weirdly freeing in a way because I I feel like, you know, if you're like an actual musician, like you you want to be professional and you want to make sure that you know everything you release is like serious, basically because you, you want definitely to be taken want to come serious. across that way at least, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas I did such the opposite that it's almost freeing because I don't have to have that, you know, like, oh, this has to be like serious. You know, somebody might see this and, you know, whatnot. It's like, I don't care. People see this. They already know I'm fucking stupid. You know, like, let's just have fun with it and go for it. It's, it's more so it's what people want to see at that point. Right. So if Less that's pressure, freeing. you know, when you don't take yourself so seriously. Exactly. And I know Andy, when I met him, was a lot more serious, too. He was like, I still am. I mean, <laughs> but I, I am and I'm not. Yeah, I he's definitely memed up so much more over the years, and I'm 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 sure I've slightly contributed to that. I apologize, (laughs) but I love it. Yeah, bringing me out of my shell for Mm -hmm. sure. But it's also good because then you can get those little like groups of people. Like uh, I don't necessarily know if you guys do these things, but like you know, like Discord or uh, Facebook groups or Reddit groups or whatever, and then they have like their own little uh, environment within that where they all meme you know, your content for you and stuff like that. Oh, so exactly. it definitely helps. I, it's just easier because I can just be me it, I, no matter what. Like if I'm doing a video, I don't have to put on any kind of image in any way, right, for like a professionalism way. It's just, no, like you, you are watching me be a dumbass right now. That's because that's how I act as a human being, you know, and it's I that in itself, I guess, is kind of more relatable sometimes to people. So they'll appreciate that. However, probably on the professional end, I'm sure so many whatever brands or bands maybe have seen that and been like, fuck, this is awful. What is wrong with this person? I never want to, you know, work with them or any of that. And I'm like, that's fine. I love that. You know, I <laughs> yeah, got, yeah. I'll do my own dumb shit thing of people who can stand me like Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um, how long did it kind of take you guys to get, you know, your following on there? I mean, Nick, you've been doing it slightly longer, obviously, but mm. Andy's relatively somewhat new. Um, and you've got, you know, you've got the silver, silver plaque. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I've been on YouTube since I was like 16. Um, Shit, okay. 17. I'm My 28 bad. now. So it was long, slow, and uh, futile grind. Like I was like adding people as friends on YouTube doing Never Shout, Never Covers when I was a teenager. Yeah, um true. Nobody cared about my YouTube until, uh, I get I don't know. I guess the Sumerian audition. Mm-hmm. I did a Sumerian basically for background. Sumerian Records did a a contest where we were they were like, we've got a super group we're putting together. We need a vocalist. Here's an instrumental. Everybody submit your auditions to this instrumental, and I did one, uh, kind of late, and it did really well on the internet i didn't win the contest um it just did well on the internet and then that's when people started paying attention and that wasn't what was that like four years ago something Dude, like yeah that. i was wild. so i've actually been on youtube for a hot minute and i don't know i've never been that good at it honestly <laughs> were you doing the same kind of like, content before? i was just making covers okay yeah. just covers mostly and um 
I, I always used it as a tool to get my name out there because I, I wanted to be a touring musician. Um, and it served that purpose because I was able to join bands. You know, I got yeah. the Macari gig and I got the Monuments gig because of YouTube. Um, that being said, I've never really taken it super, super seriously. Mm-hmm. Definitely not on a release schedule. I put videos out very sporadically and rarely. Um, Nick, on the other hand, it's he he's a professional about it and i'm a professional dumbass basically. he actually <laughs> does his job and keeps up with a schedule and uh, you know there's a lot of success so um, he so basically you're saying you're part-time youtube guy nick you're full-time youtube guy yeah no definitely i uh i'm I barely was... part-time youtube I, <laughs> like if you can he's, even i'm riding it does not make thing. me a lot of money so. <laughs> yeah no i i went full on youtube like i am like I, I am a YouTuber probably before. I always want to pretend I'm a musician before anything because I mean I love music and I write and that's my you know that's why I even started YouTube. But I mean, there's no way I think somebody would like know me from Termina before they knew me from being a YouTuber and things like that. So maybe, it's like maybe hey. not. You never know. Yeah, it's true. I you never know. Maybe one day people will be like, "Dude, you're the guitarist from Termina." I'll be like, "Really? That's, that's I think how it's you know right. me? <laughs> I think it's like I think you just have more for you. It's like more people know you from the YouTube spectrum mm-hmm. and than music and then for me it's the opposite you know it's it's just a a different balance yeah it's it's definitely that balance but yeah no it's it's fun especially because us coming together to do it together because we we've had those different balances and like i said even like me somewhat being a bit more professional to match andy's professionalism and andy sometimes being a bit more of a dumbass to match my (laughs) dumbassery and kind of finding that blend because i don't think it's like you would normally see that combo of two people like like a, a real musician and like a YouTuber basically coming together to do dumb, like mm. fun videos, but also then like an actual project, which is determined and stuff. Well, luckily we have you doing it because who else is going to make Crabcore meme videos? So, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know who's going to do that. You're, you're bearing, the, you're bearing the weight on Somebody's got it, dude. Yeah. Team, you know? <clears throat> so getting back into Terminal before, you know, we forget all about it. Um, so what, if for someone who's never heard it, you know, but may or may not visit your, your either your YouTube pages. What would like explain Termina other than, you know, obviously it's just the, the group project that you guys have. Like what's the sound? What's the influence from it? What's the goal and purpose? You know, I would say modern metal and then let Andy go with whatever. actual <laughs> Me? Shit. Go for it. I don't know. Um, yeah, modern metalcore. Uh, it's it, it's, it's not like <laughs> it's not like we invented a new genre, man. Yeah. Um, I I think that we just put our own spin on um, what what type of heavy music we like. Uh, that that's how it is for me, at least. Like it has hints of stuff that I like still about metal. It's got like some deathcore elements and some fun like metalcore, the Devil Wears Prada vibes, and you know maybe some some more prog gent yeah goodness i don't know man um if you like that stuff you'll probably like the album uh we we flex hard on it i think you know we both try to like do the most um i try i i go super high and super low uh yeah it's, it's just extreme it's extreme music it's basically mod, yeah. That's like that's the best way to describe just modern metal because it has some metalcore. It's got it's got all those modern core genres, mm-hmm. and then a bit here and there because me and Andy both listen to different stuff. You know, like I like listening to chill stuff. I also, hey, I grew up with some punk. I grew up with some fucking like post hardcore stuff, but I also will throw on some brand of sacrifice. You know, and it'll completely annihilate my day with stuff. And I think it's kind of the same for. Yeah. Andy with like Dance Gavin Dance, right? Amorosa, but then also he'll right. brand a sacrifice, and that's what it is. It's it's uh for everything from Breaking Benjamin to brand of that's sacrifice, it. which is kind of what we've been talking about, like how we got into to music, and that's right. that's what the album sounds like. Basically, it's a yeah. spectrum between those two uh, fields. Yeah, kind of what a lot like a few bands are doing now, like Darko or like Spirit Box, um, even Load. Like they're, I, they're just kind of doing that mixture of stuff, so mm-hmm. it's not, you know, just one thing that necessarily they're always kind of stuck in. You know, if they release a chill track, it's not like, a, oh my god, there's it's radio <laughs> done. Get, I'm, I'm done with this. Get out. You know, it's like, 
oh, this is their chill track for the album. You know, it's more like, yeah, oh, and then here's their fucking deathcore song. That's the heaviest drop Z tuning I've ever heard, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure that even just on the instrumental side, we had that freedom because I, you know, we like a lot of different shit and didn't just want to be, this is just this. That's it. We, I know Andy has so much range and capability that he can do both so well. And I'm like, well, then we're going to fucking do both, you know, and just make it work. And hopefully people kind of like the blend because there's a, there's a ballad on their song. And then there's also right after it or right before it does expect or literally a traditional deathcore song and trying to make one track go into the other was definitely a fun challenge, but we tried our best to kind of make it work at least. What are the tunings on the album? Cause I know you are kind of infamous mm-hmm. for like, my favorite riffs in X, 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 yeah. X tuning. So yeah. Do you, do you um, jump all over the board or do you have a specific kind of area you like to stay in? I have some go-tos. Um, the, uh, the regular tuning on the album is drop F sharp on a seven string. Um, some of them are in drop G, some of the lighter tracks. And then the edge of time, which is the last track is the only track that is on an eight string as in, and is in drop E. Um, but yeah, it's like honestly, you're an insane person, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, some of the lighter tracks are in drop G. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. dude, the new meta. Yeah. I mean, it's modern meta. Like the new meta for like tuning <laughs> is like if you're not at least drop E, you're basically a pop band. Like that's just what it is. You know, I, it's, uh, it's fucking crazy. The world has changed, man. I just remember discovering drop D as a kid. Like, dude, exactly. oh shit, dun, dun, dun. that's low. Yeah. That's heavy. <laughs> Now everyone's fucking in drop Z. They've sharp. got they've got slinkies, slinkies and yeah. strings and shit. Not so, even slinky. They're just yeah. so loose, man. It's crazy, yeah. And even that, it's like I like probably for the next album, I'd honestly just do drop E. And even one of my favorite innovations is pitch pitch pedals because you can halfway through your song just be like, "This is now in drop A zero. You know, this is now inaudible at this very moment. You know, you don't even know what this is. Bass is gone. Bye." Right. So <laughs> even just having that is as an option. We do the same thing in our tracks. Like even though main of most of it's drop F sharp, I just pitch pedal some of the breakdowns to drop C one. Why not? You know, why not just make it crazy and inaudible and stupid for the fun of it? So it's tuning is just so weird nowadays that it it almost doesn't even matter, but there's definitely like that average, which is literally like probably drop F sharp is the higher range, but drop beast is gonna be within this year probably is going to be the new average tuning of metal bands are using. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy how like that does change over time. And it just seems like once a band does it, that does it decently or, or well, or that record or whatever is also, that also does well, sells, sells well or whatever. It's like all of a sudden everyone's like right over to that, that, Mm -hmm. that kind of tuning, that sound. And then, uh, a million times, but yeah, (laughs) it is the music industry. Yeah, E standard, drop D, drop C was like, whoa. And then you're like, drop B. Oh, you're an edgy kid because you're not using drop C. Then it went to seven strings, you know, corn and all that stuff with A standard or drop A or A standard. And it's just, it's just disgusting since then. It's now I hear bands and I actually can't hear the guitar frequencies. Like, I don't know. What I, I think also the fact that guitar tone has come such a long way in that, metal. Yeah. And, and the clarity is at a, a new level where you can actually hear what the fuck is going on in these low tunes. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, no one bothered to try to tune that low back when metal yeah. tones were still primitive because you can't hear shit. What's the point? Um, and now the production aspect has caught mm-hmm. up. And if you listen to, like, the new Amir record, which, you know, there's just some insanely low unholy tunings, but... <laughs> Um, it it comes through clear. You know, you mm-hmm. couldn't have done that ten years ago. I don't think. True, and that's. I, agree, yeah. I buy a lot of CDs, and I started collecting CDs again as a you know, fucking boomer or whatever you want to call it. But uh, <laughs> I just started buying CDs, and it's so. And a lot of these CDs were like, and you know, instrumental to my like youth and my like you know my my journey down the hardcore and metal avenue. But I go back and listen to some of that shit. And I'm like, oh my god, this sounds like it was recorded in a tin can somewhere, mm-hmm. and it just sounds Tons. so bad. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's like that. It's crazy. Like even, okay, like I I, uh, I bought Unearth the Oncoming Storm again, mm-hmm. right? And it was like two bucks. I was like, of course, I'll just get that. Mm-hmm. I put it in, and I remember, fuck, dude, this is like a 
I, I hadn't heard it in so long. I was like, this is a great album. Because I kind of stopped listening to Unearth uh, shortly after that, that CD came out, unfortunately. But I was like, damn, it, it isn't quite there with what I'm used to, obviously, because it was recorded yeah. in the early 2000s. So it's like, yeah. man, it's, it's such a bummer that such a lot of music that is really close to like your heart, my heart, or whoever's heart, we don't even know what it really sounds like. You know what I mean? Because it was it's recorded funny how horribly. much we just dealt with back when there wasn't a lot to listen to. And, you know, we were scrounging for, for heavy music. Like, uh, I thought shit sounded fine, you know, when I was in, in high school listening to, like, Pray for Plagues, Bring Me the Horizon. And if you if you listen to that record now, you're like, oh, it sounds harsh on my ears. But that's all we had. You know, uh, metal bands didn't have money to go to a multi-million dollar studio. And, and back then, you couldn't get a larger-than-life sound without going to a multi-million dollar studio. And now, people can do that shit from their, from their room. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know who does that. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> so, so the game has changed, and you don't have to put up with low standards of production anymore. Um, and so, just in, like... 10, 15 years, the standard has become so high. You, re- you return to those albums that got you into the genre, and you wonder how you ever got into the genre <laughs> in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't heard, like, I haven't put on Hatebreed's uh, Perseverance in quite some time, but part of me doesn't want to because I remember it a certain yeah. way. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. I, and I'm not saying it's all bad and it all aged terribly because that's not true. Um, most of it, but did, there's though. You're not there's definitely some like of the old, old moldy stuff. <laughs> You'd rather just keep the uh, nostalgia goggles on, yeah. And not is, fuck it up. It is kind of a bummer. All right, before Getting we, old man, yeah, I, you're telling me, Andy, we're all aging, <laughs> my friend. Um, so before we get into the next little segment here, where I just ask you a bunch of random questions, um. Mm-hmm. One of the bands you're in, Andy, Monuments. Um, I was thinking prior that you you guys released an album, but that's Currents. I was thinking of the Currents album from last year. But yeah. you guys did release a single this year. Um, yeah. What, we just did, yeah. Yeah, Dead Net. What is on the horizon for, you know, for Movements? <clears throat> uh, for Movements? Not sure. But for Monuments. Monuments. Um, <laughs> That's all good. Hey, man. it'll happen, bro. I told you. I told you. I told you I'm before. I'm roasting man. you. Um, what was I going to say? Monuments. Uh, yeah, we got an album coming out. We're working on a a full length. Uh, what is? It? I guess it would be M4 is what is what they're calling it. Um, so yeah, those singles we put out, not part of the album, just sort of tantalizers. Actually? And then, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, those won't be on the album. Oh, is that including the one from 2020 as well? Yeah, yeah, both of those were just one-off singles. Um, we wow. do have like a full album that we're working on. New music coming. It's probably going to take another year. Um, those guys be neurotic as shit, and so am I. So, and is that something uh, that you got to deal with the same way as in like sending stuff back and forth because they don't live, you know, in Maryland? Well, yeah, and and the thing is, you have to clear it with four other guys instead of just me and Nick. For Terminus. So with Monuments, um, it takes a lot longer for stuff to be agreed upon. And, um, you know, you got to wait for this person to finish their stuff and then this person to finish their stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a chain of command. And (laughs) we're all a bit fucked in the head. So, um, well, it's good to be kind of neurotic. You know what I mean? (laughs) Especially for for uh, art's sake. Yes. Yeah. It goes hand in hand with being creative. Um, and it can be to your benefit and to your detriment. You have to try to reel that in. Um, I mean, me and Nick are the same way with Termina. Yeah. Uh, he's got to deal with my craziness, and <laughs> I got to deal with his. And um, yeah. if you can harness that power, then uh, you can make something sick. Oh yeah, definitely. As long as f- friends, friendship before anything, right? Yeah, best friends for any. The best friends for. <laughs> Well, I will say that the singles I heard prior to the album release that, you know, just dropped yesterday or five days ago, a month ago, whatever, um, I definitely enjoyed I enjoyed them. And this is, I, I mean, I didn't know really much about you, Andy. Uh, I just kind of followed Nick for the last handful of years. So uh, that's why I was, you know, it's pretty cool shit. Is it yeah. just you guys 
like, is that the team? Like you handle everything. I know it's DIY. So yeah, it is you guys recording and, and writing and everything like that. But do you guys, um, like have a management team? Do they help you with oh, other bro. kind of shit? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's always Nick good is to our find manager. Yeah. He, he was a marketing major and he knows his shit. I mean, the music speaks volumes, but his, uh, marketing and networking skills are invaluable and have changed the game yeah. with with this band for real. Yeah. I don't I don't it's, know where it's we just are. it's just us. We do have the uh, got a videographer. Yeah, he's um, we he helps us a lot. We had two videographers. The first one was Alex, and then the second one we was Patrick. He did right, right, like right. all the rest of our videos, and he he's a gem. You know, he we I like to call him our unofficial third member because literally, like the videos he can do with us in white walls is is insane with yeah. our iPhones. Like I can't fathom how you can create that, but. Yeah, I would say no team, just a hand, a handful of uh, talented friends yeah. that help us sometimes. Is that something that money at them? Is that something that you kind of want to continue doing going forward? So not not as a monetary benefit, mm-hmm. but like, do you guys think it's easier slash better to cut, to get your art across in a certain way and in, in the way that you want it to be presented? I. I think so in that sense as well, just in terms of like me and Andy already have spent so long working on our like relationship and dynamics with how we work, you know, musically and all that. And we've kind of got it in a good place with when we finished the album. It's like we kind of know how to work around this and how to send each other stuff and what to send and what kind of style we want. Whereas like as soon as we'd add another variable to that, it's just like a whole new it's like the process kind of all over again. When If it was like an actual member in that sense, or even like a person part of like the full team. But in terms of like session people, like I think me and Andy are both like super into, you know, even for the next album, like probably hiring someone to actually mix it. That's not just us. <laughs> probably hiring a session drummer mm-hmm. to actually do all the drums mm-hmm. up. So it's not, you know, robot yeah. noises and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, the first album being totally DIY was a matter of necessity Yeah, for us. And um it was just like easier than trying to assemble a team with no money and or sell our souls to a label or whatever. <laughs> um, I think like it's a great breakout moment that will mm. set the stage for the future and um, allow us to choose a producer for the next record versus yeah. doing it all ourselves. Like that, that's the stuff that I would like to outsource moving forward um, mm. so we can just focus on being more creative. Uh, yeah. But, but as far as like, management and marketing and uh you know being your own label we're still going to do that ourselves yeah because yeah, we want to definitely have control of that and all the creativeness and and all that and yeah i think that's that's probably what we would want it to stay for for a while because yeah. you know especially trust like i know me and andy can trust each other and you had another variable it's like well, we hope they don't get canceled and ruin the whole band. You know, it's like, especially nowadays. <laughs> These days, right? yeah. Jesus Seriously. Christ, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, before we, again, before I do the, the rapid part, mm-hmm. um, you brought up Tim Lambesis earlier, Andy. <laughs> Lambesis goat. Are you, yes. gonna, are you going okay. to join in on the mental health talk that he did today uh-huh. or is going to do or something? I saw, isn't that August Burns Red? Uh, isn't it Jake from August Burns Reds? It's his like, gym. And, it's his gym that offers gym. some kind of mental health situation along <laughs> with it. But I've only Jake just and glanced are, at are, are, are it, big. and I was like, "Wow, uh, I am shocked." And uh, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. They seem to be very tight. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, Jake and, and Tim, and to each his mm-hmm. own, obviously, but. I, we've reached out to Tim to be on the podcast, but obviously for many reasons that have I not think the, that Lamgo and Tim Lambesis have had a, a tumultuous relationship. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Andy. I think it's in been years very. Past. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just but, support uh, the news. It's, it's the it's the not ecosystem of Lamgo <laughs> that maybe he has an issue with. Jesus Christ! Yeah. All right. Jesus Christ! Isn't that the that's the yeah. whole thing, isn't it? Well, for him, for them. Not think, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so give me three albums, boys, that you really loved in 2020, and then give me one album that's already been released this year. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. I can't. <laughs> yeah, you uh, can. Come on now. 
Okay, this year for me, Era smacked everything. Cool. Um, last year, what came out last? year? I'm having a hard time right now. Did did Loath did Loath come out last year? Yeah, 2019. Loath, no, Loath came out. Lo, okay, Loath smacked. Um, fuck. Did Trivium come out last year? I think so, right? Twenty. Yes, or late in 2019. But I would say Trivium, anyways. Okay. That was a really good record. And then, fuck. Uh, Crystal Lake. They had one. That might have came out early last year. Or maybe well. I think in North Lane. I don't know. Oh, North. Wait. No, that was like 2017 Alien North Lane, right? Or 2018? I don't know. I just know what's posted on there. The years are just. Sort yeah, of this last year was just a blur. At this point. Termina. Go there ahead. it is. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. Look, man. This sounds bad, but I have been like very uh, thirsty for music that makes me feel anything lately. It's okay. Like the older I get, the more uh, jaded and cynical I become about <laughs> heavy music. And I don't know, man. Like I'm stuck in the past. Uh, I've been listening to like the same albums from 2010 for for. You didn't, like, you didn't like you uh, didn't like Afterburner. I can't believe you're saying that. I can say Afterburner if you like Dance Gavin Dance. Out of all the albums, look, they've man, I do. I liked it. Okay, I, I think that I like, was a good one for them, and I haven't really. I been like a big all fan of, of that them. stuff. I like all the the new DGD, but my heart uh, lies in the old stuff. Um, mm. And I'm look like I love DGD so much. Their success is immense. They're insanely talented. All very talented people. Um, you just like My Donnie favorite Craig? version of that band was Kurt Travis and and when he was the singer. Uh, so Happiness was my favorite DGD album. Um, I also really liked uh, Downtown Battle Mountain 2 with Johnny Craig. Um, is that the one with Lemon Meringue? Uh, no, that, that is number Downtown one? Battle Mountain 1, which yeah. I also loved. So like my, my heart belongs to those albums, but I still fuck with the new G- DGD. Um, and, you know, it's just a different thing. And I'm just old, and that's what that is. Um, I don't know, man. Veil of Maya is sick. I'll, I'll just tell you the bands that I've I've loved lately. Go ahead. Uh, and Volumes is sick, and The Contortionist is sick. Mm. Um, Good Tiger is fucking sick. Uh, Tesseract. Yeah, they're um, a band that I kind of get into more as I get older. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Same Same here. Same here. Um, and between the buried and me too. I, I between the buried and me, fucking awesome. I've gotten such a hard on for that band, even in the last handful of years. I've always followed them their, you know, their entire time. And then when I had them on the podcast, I started listening to them. Leading up, I started listening to like the back half of their catalog. That you know, I didn't really pay attention to it that often. <clears throat> it's like their best shit. And then it's like I'll just put them on YouTube, and then they'll play, and then I'll like listen to shit. I'm like. What band is that? Leprous? What is that? You know, and then I'm like looking at Leprous and then I'm like, oh, Tesseract. And then it's all like this weird prog shit mm. and with weird vocals. And so it's, you know, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, I've been a BT Bam fan since uh, Colors came out. I think that was like my awakening of prog music, actually, or prog metal, because um, I hadn't really listened to Dream Theater that much. I was like younger. Um and when I heard BT Bam, I was like, whoa, this kind of music. Holy shit. And then that's what brought me back to the, the dream theaters and um, stuff, you know, stuff like that, um, which influenced BT Bam. And, right, right, right. Uh, Meshuggah, too. I, it's not like I, I knew about Meshuggah before Periphery. I, I had to get into Periphery before. Me, too. <laughs> I realized that there was like, yeah. you know, the, the forefathers. It's OK. Sometimes you sometimes you just don't know. Or, or again, it's recorded shittily. Like, I've tried to listen to a lot of, like, early 90s metalcore sometimes. And I'm like, ugh, it just doesn't come through. Because there's, like, no bass. You know, you can't hear any of the bass. You can't. Yeah. There's certain things that aren't, yeah. aren't there. You so have to be, like, a fan and then go back through these discographies. And if you're not, like, a huge fan of the band, you're not even going to want to bother with that shit. No, I get it. Andy, are you? Uh, is there a fire behind you, or do you have like a uh, small, uh, <laughs> dude? Small it's slowly diffuser? burning down. It's just a humidifier. <laughs> okay, just um, making sure. I see yeah, it now, just, but I because I get a sore throat. So no, I get uh, it, man. You're it just close. keeps things nice and humid. Well, boys, we <laughs> we reached that time where we are going to cut it. But it's great having you both on. Obviously, this isn't the only time 
that you yeah, thank you, David. Ever yeah, be thanks on. for having us. Dude. No, you're more than welcome. And, Love uh, Lamb Goat. Always been a huge fan. This is uh, really cool. Well, in about a month, you'll be able to see yourself on it again. Oh, shit, can't wait for the. Hopefully, that I can bring the sheetrock meme back. And, <laughs> you know, whatever. Andy Sizzik is stoked. Yeah, maybe you get a couple comments like that. You never know. <sighs> Fingers crossed. Hope. Hopefully. All right. Was there anything else that you guys want to plug out other than your album that came out already? Termina Dysphoria out now. Check it. Yeah. Uh, well, and yeah, also fuck, each of your each me, of your dude. channels, each of your YouTube channels will be listed in the show notes slash description. I got that from you. Yeah. Nick, you know, if you like what we're about, go check out Nick Nocturnal. Go check out Eddie Sizzik. You don't uh, need to check out mine. Don't like There's what we're about. Head to our Twitch channels when we're live and post really offensive stuff. And <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be cool too. Whatever you guys feel. Make the mod work. Make the mods work. Make the mod work. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, dudes. Well, Andy, I hope I wish you all the luck in movements and Nick, all the luck in YouTube. <laughs> Me too, man. Hopefully someday <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be in movements and we can, we can make no, but, some movements. No, with my I'm going to have a movement in, in a little bit after I leave. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, we got to stay regular. All right. Uh, thank you, David. No, 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 I appreciate problem, you, man. It was great having you on. Yeah. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week, I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.